to make wise insurance choices? Look for links below for dsuparent.com slash insurance. And with that, let's get on to today's podcast. If you enjoyed our previous episode, she saved up 100000 and moved to Jeju, I've invited Demi back. I'm going to ask a bit more on the visa. I'm also going to ask a bit more on her journey towards 100000 just in case you want a bit more depth to it. So without further ado, let's get Demi to answer this first question on visa. Hi Demi, welcome in. Hello. I was looking at the, the comments also. Yeah, some ask, hey, how come can stay there without visa? I also don't know answer. On my own video also, everybody keep asking that. I keep repeating. So so it's a three-month visa also? Like, Not a visa. It's just that our passport allows us to stay for three months. Oh. Correct, correct. Then uh, I think other countries is the same one month. Like if you if we go to Bangkok, it's also one month. Then how, uh, how, how to stay until February like that? I go in Japan now. Oh, so it's, oh, so it's like that car one. Uh. So once you correct. re-enter... Uh, Yes. Oh, you again. that's smart. That's smart. Yeah. Then oh, Japan tickets is not very expensive. Also, like my one way flight is hundred. <laughs> no, you should take a train to North Korea. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether they count that as like a reset or not. It can 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 go not North Korea is like. They have train. the DMZ zone where you can go, and then you can see North Korea. But if you want to go into the country itself, you have to pre-arrange, pre-book everything. So they do have tours to North Korea. You dare to go, no? I don't dare. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't go and film, la. You just go there and, uh, I don't know. Experience, eh? Experience and uh, agree with them. You must, you know, yes, yeah. yes. That's the, the <laughs> you know, you get shot. Uh, what a jialat already. <laughs> but is it going to be much cheaper if you fly from, from uh, Jeju over? Mm, I'm going to, okay, both. It's not much of a difference. Like, so also has flights. Jeju also have direct flights. But the difference is only like $20, $30. To North Korea? Oh, to, to North Korea. To Japan. I thought you were oh, talking to about... Japan. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, Japan, Singaporeans a lot. La, but North Korea, wow. They want very oh. exotic. Eh. Yeah. Interesting. Or maybe Mongolia. Yeah, it's like From where you are to Mongolia, it's like two hours flight. Somewhere oh. exotic also. Will you, will you plan to go such places? <laughs> I got kids ready. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like... I wish I I travel, you know, to exotic places more when I was twenty seven, but now Actually, I bring them. Desires, uh. Like huh? at this at this current stage of life, right? Do you have those like personal desires that you want to fulfill? Oh, we went to Mexico. Wow. We uh after wedding, so U.S. Mexico. Mm. So it's like I I push for it because I know quite clearly we, once we are settled, we can't we can't go too far already. Wow. So now everything else is too far for flight with two young boys so I'm stuck with maximum Japan mm, six hours I think that is wow, difficult enough difficult enough eh? so Europe uh, I, I get vetoed mm. US I get vetoed also so places even like Mongolia or even nearer Cambodia Laos this kind of exotic places also not kid friendly right? some people ask right like based on like what we do we enjoy what we do then um like there are different people who are in different stage of life. They will think like, hey, actually like we got no life. That kind of thing. Like we don't enjoy. But actually little did they know that actually we are enjoying what we do. <laughs> like it doesn't feel like work to us. <laughs> so that yeah. part is, uh, they are too used to the 9 to 5 mindset. Uh, maybe. Mm, that's true. As content yeah. producers, we have a lot of flexibility and uh, creativity. Uh. That's our strength. Right? 
Yes. Let me, our last uh, collaboration, we discussed about your journey towards 100,000. And I'd like to lead our entire discussion today because I saw this post. I'm a male turning 30 soon, single, and I don't have social life. I've managed to amaze $100,000 or so, but I'm still unhappy and mildly depressed. Is this normal? And how do I find joy in life? What are your first thoughts? First is maybe no hobby. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, but kudos to him for turning 30 and being able to amass 100,000 plus plus. There's still a plus plus behind. <laughs> like even for my own journey, reaching 100,000 after doing the time of reaching the journey itself was, I wouldn't say entirely meaningless or not. Like you don't indulge or you don't have moments where you are, are able to spend and be like gain your happiness from there so I think I think more like uh, myself personally I don't like I mentioned on the day in the life thing I don't really go out much with friends or so so like as you go older there are only like a handful of people whom you always spend time with so most of the time uh, maybe that's why we are able to amass such an amount at this age I think maybe maybe for most being able to reach a hundred thousand the the one thing that is consistent is no social life <laughs> It is your click. Uh, no, those who like to go out and party or eat good food. Mm, eat good food, yes. Party, not not really. <laughs> like we don't drink, we don't go clubbing, that kind. Yeah. So the the social circle also determines a bit, correct? On what you spend money on, what kind of places right. you visit, they will cost you right. some money. Yes. So yes. spend time with the right click. Is that a, yes. a key? You are made point? up of the five people you hang out with. That's what you always. <laughs> I also think that the part of, you know, he mentioned that he's unhappy and mildly depressed. Maybe it's also not related entirely to the 100,000. Maybe there are other factors in life that, you know, can be balanced differently. Yeah, Building yes. friends is not just about where you spend money together and having a good time. Friendship, there's a lot of uh, intangibles. You can always go to each other's house and FOC. Right? That's true. That's true. Like, I mean, similar to your life partners, your other half, if you don't have the same values in terms of finances, then I think it's a bit more difficult. Like example, you might be a person who save a lot, but your other party is someone who likes to go out, spend a lot of money. Then that's the difference, I guess. So if There'll you are- friction. Correct. So if your values are aligned in a way that how you seek enjoyment, but yet not have to spend as much money, then I think that's a very good plus point also. I yeah. think the frugalness part must be differentiated from stinginess. If right. your friends call you out, then you refuse because you want to save money. Then maybe that's a bit too extreme, really. Right. So it's like in this journey of saving up to $100,000, do you feel you have sacrificed too much in that process? You gave up on certain experiences. You you cut back on certain outings unnecessarily. In hindsight, maybe you, you feel you should have participated. In hindsight, whether I feel I should have participated, maybe not. But I, I think I choose very specifically or rather mm. be am willing to say no to certain things in life. So um, I'm more of a person who thinks that spending specific time with particular people is important. Like if, let's say I don't want to hang out with someone, I, I would just say no. I, I'm that kind of person. So I'm very upfront about it. Like people who know me, know me. If you get along with me, then yeah, you get along with me. But I don't think I sacrifice a lot. So in my own journey, I have always traveled yearly. So mm -hmm. ever since I was able to earn an income previously doing part-time jobs, every year I'll take a trip to Bangkok, either with friends or with family. 
and I do spend. So like I mentioned always like when we try and build our own personal finances, you have to always find the balance. As you mentioned earlier, so you don't want to become a person who becomes stingy with the things that um, you have in life. At the end of the day, when we amass, the joy or the happiness we receive is also in giving. Mm. Yeah. Agree. It's like, you know, some friends, they count bills too, too tightly, then it becomes very, mm. you know, stingy la, in that sense. Yeah. Uh, but if we are generous, I think it also attracts the right friends to be around us. Correct. Yes. Then on your your part on traveling, have you calculated a budget? Like, how much do you spend a year on traveling? In the past or now? Like, in the past, maybe just last year, while you're still working full-time. Okay, in the past last year, maybe not, not that good of a reference, but um, <laughs> like the yearly trips to Bangkok itself, per trip, but maybe it costs like $1,000 for like a few days, five, four days, five days, four nights, that kind. So I, it was it was those amount that I was already willing to spend on every year. Mm. So like Bangkok was a place that was, you know, things are cheap. You can go and have as much food as you want and it will still be cheap. So it's like you expand your money, monetary value in that way. Yeah. Because so, I've also heard before, you know, 50, 30, 20 rule, whereby mm. 50 is needs, 30 is wants, you need to force save at least 20. There's some question, where should travel sit? Should it be a need? Should it be a want? What is your gut feeling on how you allocate? Mm, to me, I think it sits in between. But I think it very, it, like personal finance is very individual, right? If, you, if you're a person who is very stressed out at work and everything, and your only enjoyment is that one yearly trip, then I would say it's a need for you. Like if you are able to unwind and recalibrate during that trip to be able to focus on the next half of the year or like the next year, then that's a need for you. But for people who every few months take a trip, then I think that's a one already. <laughs> yeah. Our friends in teaching, mm. they usually chong in uh, June and December. That's what I see on Facebook also. <laughs> Correct, correct. So they, they only have to, like, can, will be able to take a holiday during June and December, like the school breaks. Yeah. Let me reaching your 100k goal already. I've also seen this question which relates closer to where you are. I've reached my 100k milestone. What is next in life? Maybe you can give your gut feel on how to answer that question. What is next in life? Well, I, After I, you reach the 100k savings targets. There was one um question people ask me like what's next or i did share before like the next goal is 100k invested but i think after thinking about it right it could change like i'm a mm. person who's i know what i want to invest into but yet at the same time like you mentioned a lot on your channels people our age we, we are looking to get a house which is something that i want to see how i can plan it out also so how do you balance between the two like to to stay invested but yet at the same time build up the savings in order to down pay for a house. Yeah. So I'm at a stage where after amassing a hurricane, just continue doing what I need to do to be able to earn an income, save as much as I can. But it goes to two two ways. One is investments, retirement. This is one pot. And then another one is just um how to save up towards a house. For for yourself, I mean, back then when you reached a hundred thousand, how was it like for you? Like, what was your goals back then? I actually reached hundred thousand pretty early uh, because I went into sales work very early. So that's a bit on my background. I've shared in a ebook before how to one million dollars. If I recall, I actually reached it about twenty four or twenty five, but that's because uh -huh. I was in a sales role. So yeah. in sales role, you work hard, you 
get remunerated early. Mm. You don't get compensated based on seniority. Yeah. So I started working early and that's actually a backstory. My dad was uh, down with stroke back mm. in my first year of uni. So previously, I wasn't thinking too much about making income. But that event told me that maybe I have some genetics that I could you know, eventually be forced to early retirement due to stroke or whatever reason. And that's why I realized I needed to take finances a bit more seriously. Mm. So that gave me the spur to go and find income. Then that's how I landed in sales jobs. Because sales jobs, the promise is always, hey, you can come here and make income quickly. right? So back then, I was young. I, I took that pitch and went to Chong very hard. Wow. But by chonging very hard, do you also at the same time like give up on social life? Oh, definitely. Eh. So maybe I'm a bit closer to the first guy. Uh, in uni days, I some some regrets. I, I don't have close relationships with my uni friends simply because after school hours, I was doing sales. Mm. So my only uni friends that I still can touch are those from my secondary school that eventually went to the same accounting course in NTU. I, I didn't keep in contact or didn't build deep relationships with uh, most of my classmates and it was a trade-off. Uh, that was a price to pay. So I didn't take part in hall games. I didn't, I didn't build bonds in that sense. La. So you know, when it comes to adulthood, you look back, hey, how can your friends pull? <laughs> Not that big. Maybe there's some price to pay in the journey. How about now? Like after building your own family, having kids, um, reaching your own financial goals also, are you contented or happy i think kids now take up a lot of my time eh. the, the more time you spend with them you you would build a relationship mm. with them you know we've seen drama before that parents they just focus on career and then the relationship is not strong yeah i think seeing those uh, morals have taught me that it's important to spend time with kids so now it's always finding a balance work getting success there and as well as having enough impact on my kids life so right now i don't have a mate <laughs> which means I have to do all the dish work, spend all the time with them putting them to sleep. And also, back then, I didn't have a nanny for both of them. So I was the manny like, in some <laughs> way. <laughs> uh, which also gave me a lot of confidence in parenting. Wow. So that explains a bit on the backstory. Wow. I mean, like, coming back to this Seedley post, if he's turning 30 and still single, mm. do you, what do you think can be his next steps? in life in terms of like having this amount of savings, where else can you go towards in terms of finances? I think financial part is where he is okay. It's quite obviously other intangibles in life. Maybe it's time for him to prioritize how to improve himself to attract mm. friends, attract partner, et cetera, et cetera. So now it's time for that person to consider how to reshape his, his uh, approach to life, prioritize mm. that portion, and uh, be willing to unlearn some things. Maybe he is miserable now because he has certain fixed habits. Mm. He's become too, I don't know, uh, introverted maybe, if we were to guess. So now it's time to unlearn that. Change your life a bit. Now the finance part looks okay. You have a different problem from some other people. Some people have a lot of friends, but they don't have money. That's true. Uh, then everybody's finding the right balance. So for his case, the problems probably are more personal related. Mm. And that's where he needs to spend time and make changes just like how we make changes towards our own finances make changes to, towards the own personality yeah that's true I think with everything in our own life there's it's always a balance you mm. try a balance between wanting to save up towards your future but at the same time the social element we are all social animals uh, we can't miss that also yeah I think that 
feelingness of uh, lonely, being lonely is impacting him in some ways. Though. That's why he says miserable and stuff. Uh, then don't hang on to that cap of, oh, I, I have 100,000. Uh, find the right balance in life. Mm. Well, I, I think one question I have is, how much is enough? Like down the road, as we go through life, progress through life, 20s, 30s, 40s, how much is enough? You know, it's a very interesting question that I ask myself also. Previously, I used to think, oh, 100,000 was a lot. Then I realized once, once you're in 30s, you realize, hey, actually it's not a lot because you can barely buy a house with it. The, the goalposts will change. It's natural. So there's also another balance in between a goal setting. You know, goal setting is to keep you motivated in the right direction. Correct? That's the first part of goal setting. But then when you hit there, then it's also good to move the goalposts to the bigger goal. So let that be a, a, a first milestone. But I think that if you keep moving your goalposts, you'll be always unhappy. Yeah. So where's the balance? Should we keep moving your goalposts further and chase uh, imaginary standards for ourselves and keep ourselves unhappy? Uh, you know, Charlie Munger is just saying, don't be too envious of people, something like that. Or the, mm. the, the world revolves around enviness. And oh. it's like, you know, there's this person with more money, more salary. Mm. You think your problem is because of that, but it's actually not true. Yeah, that's true. So don't spend too much time on being envious, but move the goalposts accurately. Uh, something you mentioned, housewives, I think that's good. It solves your long-term safety yeah. in terms of where to stay. If you don't want to stay there, you can always rent it out. It becomes an income source. So that's a good milestone. Then beyond that, I guess it's financial freedom milestones really. Wow. In terms of financial freedom, can ask what are your rough numbers not being, you know, right now age 27, how do you view your own financial freedom number? To be very honest, right, I don't have a huge like end goal number in mind. Like my my always my perception have always been um striking the 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 nice balance where you can continue doing what you love, continue bringing in an income, and to survive on that, but yet at the same time be able to build a pot touch wood, something happens, then you can draw down from there. So if you want me to say, do I have a specific number? So actually, I don't have. <laughs> I, I'm more towards the do what you love. To, because retirement to me is not something like I go somewhere and don't do anything or like just travel the world. But it's more uh, continue, to be able to find that passion where you can continue work on even when, to continue to work on even when you're like 50, 60, 70 years old. Yeah. Actually, I agree with you a lot in that point. You know, at your life stage now, 27, you've worked mm. for a couple of years. Yeah, A lot of times experts mention, hey, you should do retirement planning ASAP mm. because compounding 10 years is different from compounding 30 years. That is mathematically correct. Yes, I also rebut against that because retirement planning needs you to be more settled in life. Mm. You're not in that uh, rapid change mode already. Then you can commit money's long term and talk about 55 and worry about that problem. Mm. So right now, it's actually normal. Right now, you, you are interested to explore, which is good. Let the full retirement topic become when 39. Then, then that's where you worry. It doesn't mean don't save. It's just yeah. you save, but not the real intention of thinking too much about how, much, how am I going to consume it down. That's true, that's true. So I think it's more like now to maybe early 30s to mm. be able to settle in towards life. And then down the road... um plan towards retirement in terms of having a sum set aside or what is the amount needed. But at the same time, like what you mentioned, to many other people who is listening, don't spend 
just like that. Always think twice, I think. At the end of the day, uh, we need to be responsible with our own actions also. Yeah. So listening in, everybody, if you have questions for us, if you reach 100,000 milestone, you're thinking what to do next, leave them in the comment sections. I think we both provide a different perspective. Demi is obviously much younger. <laughs> uh, I, I'm prob- probably more in tune with someone who is really worried about retirement. But let us know your questions in the comment sections below. And Demi, thank you for sharing your thoughts also in today's podcast. Thank you for having me. I, I, I like bringing your point of view because I, I can't remember how I was thinking when I was 27 already. Not that far. Not that far. Interesting <laughs> thing is we, we are one cycle apart. Yeah, one uh, lunar calendar cycle. But smash the like button and we'll together see you in the next episode. Take care and goodbye.